Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, Footy Primers, it's me, JC, that guy who does, I don't know, on Footy Prime, the podcast, wanting to wish you a happy Canadian Thanksgiving. Since everyone on the show had better things to do, hang out with their families, or go out for a nice dinner, not me though, (laughs) yeah, I've just been uh, waiting for someone to call, but wait, but I don't have a phone, because uh, they cut it off. Still haven't paid yet, damn long. <laughs> uh, we thought we'd re-air the uh, show from One Sucker last Monday, our television program. So, sit tight, stay tuned, and enjoy your turkey. I know I won't, because I can't afford it. Let's get this party started. Ding! La 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 Oh, wait, I can't sing this? Oh, we're going to sued now. Great. You need that? Oh, it's your dog. Rough. following program contains violence, coarse language, James Sharman, Amy Walsh's ghost, mature themes, Jimmy Brennan's eye, immature themes, Dan Wong, adorable kittens, Ian Hume, adult situations, leather pants, Craig Forrest testicle, and full frontal nudity. Viewer discretion is advised. This is Footy Prime on One Soccer. Let's get this party started. Thank you, JC. Thank you, JC. Yeah, no dubs today. No dubs. Um, She'll return next week. Um, However, special guest... Friend of the show. Much more accomplished. Yep, yep. She'd love to hear that. Ian Hume. <laughs> way more surgery than, than, than dubs over the years. So uh, yeah. you welcome to, uh, to Footy Prime, the actual TV version of Footy Prime. Um, and I must mention this as, as we wait for Craig to show up, who's late for a change. There he is. Hey, hey. Craig. Um, Hume is a bit of a legend here in one subject. <laughs> yes, right. I've heard and this. it's very fitting given, given our show. He is the first person at one soccer to ever drop an F bomb on air. Hear me, um, it's been a few years now, man, but yeah, you're still a bit of a legend in these parts. Yeah, Sam Adekubi. <laughs> uh, I think it was just fitting for the occasion, qualifying for a World Cup after how many years, and Sam put in a hell of a performance, so I thought I'd drop the F-bomb just before it. <laughs> it worked very well. Now, you've been teammates with Jimmy for a long time, haven't you? For, for a number of games. I think you arrived after Craig had retired, obviously, just, yeah. just, just about. Yeah, he's a lot older. Yeah, so, so, you know, Craig talks about the young Jimmy Brennan breaking through at the beginning of Jimmy's international career. Um, Jimmy, do you remember a young Ian Hume breaking through a Canada? I do, I do. He had a lot of similarities to Pesci, the way that Pesci played both... We'll sure, call you, you we'll call you little, petite, wee man. Whatever the hell you want. Yeah. <laughs> I, kick myself in the head. I, don't, I don't know if he wants to go by petite. Or the, the, like diminutive, the, isn't it? No, yeah, diminutive. diminutive's a word that's used quite a bit. Or the Frodo kind of. <laughs> you got tiny feet, though. You got tiny feet. You got tiny feet. No, but he was coming through, and, you know, he had great pace. Loved to get in behind. Aggressive approach. And I remember watching him going, I'm like, who's this kid? This kid can play. And obviously being over in England as well and learning his trade and gotten to the national team. Now, one thing I did say, like, he, he, was, a, he was a good teammate. He worked his, worked his backside off. But his haircuts were terrible. Mm. You had some horrendous... Hey, you and haircuts. you and Birchie were the ones who dragged me there when we, <laughs> we were in Kingston when I died it. So don't be throwing that one on there. Died it with a big maple leaf hey. on the side of his head. Hey, it is what it is. I didn't give a crap back then. I was uh, I was one of those guys that when I was full of energy, full of confidence, I did whatever the hell like like Birchie, like coming in and 
the stupid haircuts he came in, and I played against him when he was at QPR. Yeah, he's a bad leader. <laughs> leader. <laughs> bad example for me. Yeah. But I was. He's not the guy you meant to follow. Uh, <laughs> at the time, it was perfect because. Back then, I'm not going to lie, I enjoyed a drink. I enjoyed playing, training, then, going for a drink. Then. and eh, Now, not so much time, but yeah. back then, it was, it was the way it was. It was, yeah. it was the culture, unfortunately, and not just with Canada soccer, everywhere. Even in the UK, Jesus, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you got to put the reins in a bit, and uh, coming into the squad with you and Birchie and all them there, it was... Wasn't an easy one to follow. <laughs> hey Craig, are we better off nowadays with, with these this full professionalism of footballers? I'm, I'm sure they have their fun. They have their fun. We know that. But like like Humi says, there, it's a different era well, now to when you played. Certainly. Yeah, it's a different era. Uh, I don't know. I think it's probably better now, but it's probably not more more fun. I think we had so much fun back then. I don't think it can be possibly leveled. Uh, it was just outstanding. The dressing rooms everywhere were just different class. And I think that's what, I can't speak for the other guys, but I think that's what we miss the most is the dressing rooms and that the banter and showing up every morning and just having that buzz because there was a classic just about every single training session. You know, it's just the guys were different level as far as uh, banter goes. And I miss that more than anything else. You used to get excited in the mornings. And then you'd get in your car, right? You'd be laughing to yourself because you knew somebody was coming in with a story. Mm. Yeah. There was always something that was happening. And the banter was off the chart. That was the biggest... Well, there's, that, there's that picture of Craig, black and white picture, with eight nude guys in a, in a bathtub, right? Like in one of these soaker tubs. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering, does that happen anymore? You know, does, is that does kind of camaraderie? Well, <laughs> probably at Ipswich, but at the same time... I'm wondering, does that kind of camaraderie happen yeah. on the pro level weekly, like at TFC, at, you know, in the MLS? Or is everyone so well, they probably about have, me? They probably have individual baths now, I imagine. Well, but I'm not going to be that guy. <laughs> I'm, this for I'm not going to be that guy that's going up to some player and saying, hey, excuse me, but... Uh, what are you, you talking guys, about? You guys, You're absolutely the guy. And I'm going to go, Walker, let's you go guys, have a bath. Do you guys have a communal bathtub? <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're absolutely the guy who would say that. It's like all of us would be in a bathtub soon enough if it was up to Jimmy. Yeah, After but the I'm show. not having a bath with you. I'm not. There's no chance. Really? No, there's many people have a bath with before you. Uh, come like, on, I, I'd be fine. Craig and Jimmy will tell you, though, when, when we were still playing, like obviously I retired a little bit after you guys, um, but even towards the end of my playing time, it was who can get in from training, showered, and get the fuck out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, back when I was when I first started, we were playing head tennis underneath the stand at Tramier for two hours after training, yeah. just for shits and yeah. giggles, like kicking crap out of each other, fifty fifties over the net, like somebody's coming over with an elbow. But you did that. You just stayed as a group. Towards the end of my time, like when I was at Preston and I moved to Fleetwood and all that, it was who can get in and out. Like there was nothing extra. Mm. Some people go in and do half an hour, forty-five minutes in the gym, and then piss off. Yeah. Because, unfortunately, a lot of people didn't live in the city. So they'd be living an hour away, hour and a half away. Like, I lived an hour away, but I'd still hang around and do whatever. Yeah. Do free kicks, do head tennis outside, and wherever. But now it's like, nah, I got stuff to do. I got TikToks and Twitches to do. And Isn't this a case, though, fellas, honestly, of, of old men being bitter about the past? We all do it, right? <laughs> Not at all, because they're better than we are. Like, right. let's be honest, they're... No, because I, I, there's something like... You, I mean, these guys always talk about the, the dressing room, right? And yeah. what they miss. And I'm wondering, do that top level, with the money that's involved, with the limousines, with the protection, the security, do they even get to do that kind of work? So, Craig, when you were at the end of your career, obviously, the Canadian national team had that feel. You guys always talk about it, but... With West Ham and Chelsea, was there that feel at the end of your career? Mm. Uh, there certainly was at West Ham. Chelsea was a little bit different. It was pretty fragmented as far as the players go, where they lived, you know, where they traveled into, which is a little bit different because even though London's, everybody's in the London area, you could be an hour and a half from training. It was it was much different. So, uh, I mean, about the the bass, I mean. It's not like, yeah, you, you, you want to have a bath with a bunch of men. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm not worried about necessarily the men I'm bathing with at the moment. I'm worried about the guys that were bathing in this bath 100 years ago because it hasn't been cleaned. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's amazing how it's changed. I mean, we talk about culture and we're seeing it right now in Toronto, right? Toronto FC, we keep hearing this word culture and the toxicity in that room right now. This is John Herman's first official week on the job. It started officially uh, on Sunday. Um, it, it's a big job for John Herbman. He's announced his, his squad, his, his um, staff. No surprises there. Terry Dunfield is still there as assistant coach, which is good, I think, the right thing there. Um, but th- there's so many changes for John Herbman. To, to, where do you start with this Toronto FC team, Hume? I mean, th- there's so many issues. It's been the worst season in history, ahead of a season that we thought might result in a cup at one point a few months ago now. I'm not going to lie, I don't support them. <laughs> Brutally honest. I support every local team, but I fell out of love with TFC years ago. Um, even prior to winning it. Like, I supported Jimmy when he came over, obviously not kissing your ass, but he's a buddy of mine. He came over and getting his number retired is a bit ridiculous, but <laughs> comes over. <laughs> but, but seriously, he, he came over, captain the club, playing local. Like, it's, it's good to see. Jules came over. I know he got a lot of criticism, supported them for that. I would have loved to have seen other players come over, like more senior players. Why didn't they try to push the boat out and bring Tiba in a couple years ago? Yeah. Like not when he's 40, bring him in when he's 31, yeah. 32. He, he would have been amazing. But they didn't do that. So I started thinking about it. And Ian Hume would have been a good addition. Well, they shit on me a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's not, they're not the only one in the room who didn't reply to me. He'll call me to bring me in for this, but he won't call me back <laughs> bringing me into the CPL. Jimmy, um, Jimmy, can you, can you uh, expand on this? He was coming towards the end. He was like, hey, he was I running Hey, I'd have pissed all over that league the first couple of years. on his back when he was Hey, <laughs> I, you know, you know, we had a conversation a couple of weeks ago, so don't give me that shit. Um, no, it's, I, I just stopped supporting them. Um, and then they bring in Bradley and Michael Bradley did well, for, or is doing well for the club, well, not as much as of late, but Altador and all them, they brought them all in. They, they had other people they could have brought in and give that sort of money to. And for me, I could care less anymore. Mm. So, so you won't even go down to watch TFC game. I mean, I know you, you live a little bit further out, but you could see a professional yeah. game beyond CPL. Yeah, it's great. Like, I, to be honest, the amount of time it's going to take me to travel down, I may as well pop down to an MLS game. It's, uh, I'd rather, to be honest, I'd rather go watch Leafs. I'd rather go watch the Raptors. Um. Well, I'm glad that you're on the footy prime. It's <laughs> <laughs> okay. good that you answered the question. Yeah, no, listen. What do they need to do? But I find that interesting. A former professional. Football's been your life yeah. for so long, right? It, it's sad that that's what's happened to your you know, relationship with, with the local MLS team here. Um, but listen, back to Herbman, Craig. I mean, it's, it's a huge job, right? We, we know that. Where does he start? This is week one. Now, now, we don't know whether Terry will remain on the sidelines for the next three games or whether John will be there. We don't know that situation. Um, what do you think should happen? Three games left in the season. I mean, from, from yeah. being on the sidelines, there isn't much you can accomplish. No. I mean, first of all, it's a strange situation when you have a club that's struggling and they're in the bottom two, hire a new coach and then he doesn't show up for a month. That, that's that's very unusual in football. I mean, around the world, if you get hired as a coach in the bottom three and you have the threat of relegation, that changes everything. That that manager is there the next day to get things going. You, you need to save yourselves. And this, can, this position, in this scenario, you don't have that. So there's, I mean, they're looking for a, an effect from John, obviously, otherwise they would have brought him in right away. And they, they've sort of, I, I think the, the management have given up on the team a long, long time ago and that they decided let's bring him in just near the end to try to make some sort of impact. At least it, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the games because there has been this in a few of the games that we've seen going even back to a few weeks ago with, or a week ago with Miami that they're not closing down. They're not working hard enough for me. And I'm not sure if they're fit enough, what it is, but the one thing that you can do is if you're losing is put a shift in. And I think that that's where it's lost me is that they're not putting a shift in at the level that they, they I think they can. And when John comes in there in his first game, you're going to see them run and close down and everything like that. Well, what's that telling you about how they've been playing in the last 
five, six weeks under Terry. It's, I think it's disrespectful. So I think that'll be first and foremost. He'll, he'll want us an attitude change in the dressing room, change that culture right away. And hopefully he'll take it, put a dent in it before the end of the season to get him set up for next season and get off the gates and start the season off well. Yeah. I think he's looking at this squad right now, sitting from afar, watching the games. Obviously, he's got a great relationship with, with Terry Dunfield. So he'll be finding out what's going on in that dressing room, who's the bad apples, who are the good guys. And then I think he'll get through these three games, and then strategically he's got to get rid of a lot of players. Mm. He'll be looking at what players are out of contract, who can I shift and move on, what players can we get in, who's available to make this squad stronger. But I can see a big big change in that dressing room because you can't keep that right now and all of a sudden magical it's going to be wonderful and roses next season what's your first what's your first day look like you you're going to walk into herdman's position you are you're a gaffer what's your first day look like my first day um the one big thing for me is i'd want to sit down with a lot of the players and have a conversation with them get to know who they are what's been going on what's been the issues why are you not performing and I think over the next couple of days, that's, what, that's going to be a big role for him, is really find out who these guys are as individuals. Mm-hmm. And then he'll start making his assessments on everybody of, not this guy's not right for me, this guy's honest, he's telling me the truth. I want to keep him because I, I believe in him. So, so he's got a lot of work to do. Has he not been in the door, like, speaking to people at all, or is he... He must have been. He's, I don't know. Like, the question from the outside must be, with this massive signing of John Herdman, is he keeping away to relieve accountability from himself because if he comes in a month ago and he does like Craig's saying change things a little bit earlier they're only like but is seven it, points outside of playoffs but yeah. is it to it's, remove accountability yeah. or just clean I want a clean sheet because we were talking on the podcast last week he couldn't ask for a better situation coming in with especially with I mean we were going to talk about Insigne at some point with the locker room the media, the marketing, the communications all kind of falling apart right now. This is kind of where you want to come in. Well, I, right? I, wonder, I wonder, though, if the initial hire announced when it was was more of a PR move on TFC's part. 100%. Right? There was nothing positive at that point. Yeah. It was like, this is going down a black hole, this club. So mm. to announce John Herman gets the conversation, the tone changing. Okay, there's hope. We're bringing a big name in. And yeah, it's not for another month. And let's be honest. It, we won't see the effects until next season. But to me, that's why it was announced then. Um, he'd made up his mind. It wasn't, wasn't a future at Canada Soccer, for whatever reason. And the, the timing kind of worked out. Yeah, let's announce it now, change the narrative, and, and then I'll, I'll come in at the end, mm. sit in a press conference, speak to some media, learn a bit about this team, Craig. Because, listen, he, he knows Terry well. He knows that club. He knows who the bad seeds are at this point, you would think, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. And Ian makes a very good point. Like there, there weren't that many points out of playoffs. I mean, my goodness, 18 teams make the playoffs, you know, so that clearly tells me that the management has given up on the team and that they've got no shot because why wouldn't they bring him in earlier to try to, you know, salvage something from the season, but they've obviously decided not to. And yeah, he's got a lot to figure out. But when you look at Toronto FC and all the leagues, say the top 20 leagues in the world, with the money that they spend at the top of the MLS table, this is one of the worst scenarios and probably one of the worst teams you could possibly have with all the resources that they have. The other team down there is Colorado. They don't spend anything. I get, I get that, but I don't get the Toronto SC thing. So under all the circumstances over the last few years, this will be three years in a row they finish in the bottom two, spending a ton of money. And not being successful, that's, uh, that's something that we don't really think about much, but it's atrocious. It really, really has been. I can, I can imagine Colorado saying, yeah, we, we stink, but we haven't spent a dime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Precisely. There's a reason why we stink. Yeah. We've got a plan, maybe a strategy to build slowly. Um, it, it's ugly. It got even uglier this past weekend. Um, they lost, obviously, the match 3-2. But in the stands, there's a viral video making the rounds of Lorenzo Insigne taking on a fan, uh, going back and forth. Uh, it, it's pretty ugly. Is there any way back, Humi, for Insigne at this club? Uh, probably not. But, again, you got to defend the player a little bit because the guys there watching his team play, regardless whether he's injured, whether he's out, whether he's in, whatever, the fan feels to have the right to abuse him, but when he abuses back, 
if that would happen in the street, nothing gets said about it. But because at a game, he's not allowed to have his say. He's got to walk away, hasn't he? He, he has you to. You do. He he ask he Jimmy. To, to a certain extent, you do. <laughs> to a certain extent, you do. But where did the fan go? What did he say exactly? Like, there's, there's limits. And I'm sorry, as a human being, somebody gets in my face, I'm fucking right back he said, in there. He, he <laughs> said you're diminutive, is what he said. <laughs> well, exactly. He, he wanted to be called petite. Like, he was upset. About I know what you're saying there. I know what you're saying there, Huey. But if you, you're a professional. He's played, he's played in Napoli, all right? He's heard bad things said mm-hmm. before to him. He also understands he's a professional. No matter what is said, and the fan was probably in the wrong, said some terrible things he shouldn't have said, and that should be dealt with. But you just can't interact with fans like that. He knows the tone of this fan base and how they perceive this team right now. The fans are angry. They're furious. You just can't engage, can you, Jimmy? You have to walk away. He was pulled away by his yeah, handler. Look, look, it's difficult because, you know, if, if somebody's saying something to you and a couple times you're like, okay, you know, leave it alone, leave it alone. But if someone's persistent and they cross the line, you know, your head goes a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've got to have control motions and, and you know, be the better person. <laughs> Craig's laughing. You speak from experience. What's the closest you've been? Well, I've had it but out in the street, but not in the stadium. Uh-huh. And, and somebody says something, and I tell them what I think. They say what they think, and we walk on. But I think he's got to be... That's the worst story I've ever heard. Yeah, yeah there's way more to that story. There's, there's a lot to be. There's a lot more oh, to okay. it. Oh, okay. Look, it's, it's like anybody. You know, he, him, Forrest... When, when someone crosses a line, you'll say something back because you, you, you defend yourself. But I think where he is, and he's in the box, yeah, somebody's egging him on a little bit, looking for a reaction. Sometimes it's best just to walk away, especially seeing as where the club is today. They're not doing well. And as you saw, now the media is all over this. It's just blowing up. It gets blown out of proportion. And it's the last bit of publicity that the club needs right now. So for me, I think Insigne, he's got to be he's got to be the bigger man there. Realize where the club is. Timing's right horrible. Understand the fans are frustrated. Yeah. Just just walk inside. Yeah. Close the door and watch a game behind the closed glass. Like the, I think the, the, I think the difference is in Europe is that there's not just one person having a go. There's a whole section of ten thousand having a go. So the last thing you're going to do is get involved and try to have a little banter back with all these people. So. Yeah, it didn't happen individually. It was usually in masses when it happened over in Europe. So you're better, best off with the well, tail between the legs. Craig, you have a, a story of, of fan interaction, didn't you, early in your career? I did, yeah. You, yeah, it was my, own, my, my own supporters. I mean, every stand or every stadium has a section where you got the, you know, the younger sort of exciting, want to get involved, want to chant, just that, that section. And then... At Ipswich, there's a one end where it's, uh, you know, more older people, quieter, sit on their hands, moan a little bit. And they kept moaning at the team, moaning, moaning, they're groaning. And I, uh, behind my back, I gave him the wanker sign. I, <laughs> I, put my, I gave him the wanker sign. And then, uh, yeah, that didn't go down too well. <laughs> Did the club find out about that? What's that? Did the club find out about it? Oh, fuck, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What happened? Oh, yeah. I had to pay a fine and everything, and I had to to sort of, you know, obviously retract it and say it was out of line or whatever, but... You said, didn't you say that itchy ass or something? Like, there was... (laughs) (laughs) Well, nowadays, with the social media and everybody having a camera on them, it, it, it would have been absolutely caught, and then that would have made the rounds on social media. This is something else that you know, you make a split second decision to have a bit of banter or interaction with a fan coming at you and boy oh boy everybody's going to see it you see that sort of thing everywhere we saw it even recently on the weekend with the, the european Ryder cup thing and they're in the parking lot and Roy mcelroy's having a go at somebody and it's all on camera you can't get away with anything it all becomes a story so it's a uh, it's different times certainly but you know, when you're interacting with fans, you you do have to try to you know pull yourself back as much as that uh, pains you sometimes. Yeah, you're right because a lot of the times too, people don't see the whole story. They'll just see that one yeah, incident that, that happens yeah. for that for that player and what they've done. They don't know the rest, and that's why it's you, you've got to be careful as a player these days. Remember that Eric Cantona karate kung fu kick when he was playing at Selhurst Park for Manchester United. A fan runs down. I don't know how many rows to just abuse Eric Cantona and Cantona does the karate kung fu right over the 
right over the edge of the uh, advertising boards. And I, and when that happened, I remember sitting at home thinking, fucking good for you, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> Every pro out there was thinking the same thing, right? Oh yeah. Everybody yeah. was. And it's very easy for the media and, you know, do-gooders to sit in there, stand their soapbox and chastise the player. But I mean, I've never been through that. You know, you're playing a game that you love and there's 10, 20, 30, 40,000 mm. fans just berating you. It takes a strong person, right, to walk away, I suppose. We should give the players a little bit of credit here, I suppose, at times. Well, well that's the thing. People forget. And as, as privileged as we are for doing what we love and getting paid for it, and some getting a lot, paid a lot more than others, yeah. still human. End of the day, you're still human. You have that instinct where you defend. And it doesn't matter. Sometimes you, you lose track of where you are. And, okay, Insigne's in a box. He's crown on his head sitting in a fucking throne, sitting there watching the game. But I wish he was, by you're the still, way. <laughs> you're, but you're still human, and you yeah. still react. It doesn't matter who you are. It takes a lot to not react even a little bit. You possibly went overboard, but you do react. Do you have a story? I don't. I just... Back in the day, like, like Craig's saying, you didn't have all the social media, you didn't have all this. So the amount of abuse we used to get, like oh, yeah. you coming down that left wing at Forest, if you're up against the away fans or on the away grounds and you got those fans, you would have got pelters. Oh, yeah. You get and you got yeah. called yeah. anything under the sun. I seen a thing at Tranmere last week, or not last week, last season. Goalkeeper came out and he was shouting back and forth with the, the fans, and one of them dropped a C bomb on him. He reported it to the league. The guy, the kid got. Suspended from the club for like a season ticket. I'm like, come on, grow the fuck up. Yeah. Like it's it happens. Come on. Like just as long as it doesn't go below the belt, like mm, yeah. it's banter back. Well, it and did. Forth. It was a C bomb. Yeah. Oh, bless him. Must blow the. That must. That must. Yeah, I, I don't know what that word is. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> we have certain limits. Oh, okay. you know, I, I thought without Dubs being on the show today, yeah. would it be the the, the, the swear quotient would be way down. Oh my but god. <laughs> Perfect fill-in. He's the perfect fill-in. I've not been too bad. <laughs> Give me a beer, it's a lot worse. But well, even Craig's getting into it. I know. It's yeah. great. It's great. No, it's interesting. And listen, it's going to be a fascinating um, few months at TFC. But, I mean, you, you can't change 20 players, right? And, and there's some, some kids there who have had decent seasons, who have learned. There's some talent there. Jonathan Azorio's going nowhere. You know, yeah. scored two goals in the weekend. Um, Latif Blessing's a good player, right? There is something there, but... How do you change the, the culture of a room without making significant changes? It's not just the new manager coming in, is it? Well, yeah, I mean, he's, he's going to be the man. He's the guy that's got to set the tone. He's the guy that's got to bring the culture into this, into this club. It's a wounded animal right now, mm. big time. And he's got to figure out, how am I going to get the best out of these players right now? They are rock bottom. And the worst that I feel for is the young players, because the young players that they've used... Now, you're supposed to nurture them and you give them a couple of games here and there. They've rode them so long because yeah. they've got so many injuries and they've been set up to fail. Right. And those are the players that you have to go back and get a hold of now and start nurturing them again, get your arm around them and, and get, them to, get them to love the game more or less again because what they've been involved in and what they've seen is, should not be what a young player sees. It shouldn't be at all. It's interesting. Uh, yesterday, Footy Prime's social media manager reached out and said, the John Herdman era begins today at TFC Live. So what do you expect to see happen over the offseason? And what do you expect to see next season? Big opinions only, please. Steve Kandersky, I hope I'm saying that, Kandrisky, big to me, keep the Italians and young talent and build around them, essentially what Herdman did with Canada. Is there any truth to that? Can you do that? You were just talking about young players is that off the table? The Italians have to go, almost. Are we, are we exporting them back? Uh, to be honest, and I, I know it's going to upset some portions of Toronto and Woodbridge and everything, for me, they've, uh, they've got to go. I think uh, mm. they're, they're supposed to be leaders going out and winning games, and for the games I have watched, they've, they've pretty much been passengers. Mm. And for, for what you're paying them, which is extortionate, okay, they're quality players at the time, especially when you brought them in, but for me, they're not having the effect they need, and... I think the, the sooner they, they go, the better. Yeah, I agree. And I think if you look at what they're paying them, if you can move them on, take that money, imagine the squad that you could build as well, the players you could get. I mean, you spend a fortune on, on two wide players, but you don't have a number nine that can score goals. 
And I think they've really got to step back, have a look at the big picture and think, okay, if we can move this player on, free up some cash, who is our number nine is going to be? We need another central midfielder or number 10 who can be creative and get in these areas and, make, and pull other players into play. But to spend that much money on two, two wide players seems an awful lot, especially when they're not performing. Um, and where the club is today, I think it, it probably is right for, to move them on. Where do you move them to, Jimmy? They're, they're making oh, so much money. Some. There's very few places. Yeah, you, you might have to eat some salary for sure. You probably definitely 100% will have to eat, eat some of that. This is where, where you really want the Saudi Premier League to be successful. Yes. Come in for one of these guys, right? But they have to want to go there as well. And, and maybe they don't. You know, maybe they're not just mercenaries. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tools tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market they'll be in saudi arabia by next season no but i mean it's a good point though it's, it's not easy to move those contracts <laughs> you got to eat money but we see this ownership mlse eating money all the time they pay mike babcock what five years of salaries not to coach <laughs> the team Right, so, so th- there's money there. Have they been burnt though? That's a question. Are they saying enough of this? We're, we're just bleeding money here. We're gonna find out, but uh, yeah, big job for John Herbman. It's gonna be a fascinating uh, a few months. Um, so much anger and hate around the game right now, isn't there? This week in England, of course, VAR, I think I saw the, the headline on so many posts, VAR farce, which I just hate now. It's just, okay, we get it. There's issues with VAR. We, we, we saw in the Spurs, Liverpool game. I know a fellow red here, not happy with it. I mean, horrendous. Probably the worst VAR mistake we've seen in England um, in that the actual, the actual VAR didn't realise the goal had been waved off. They thought the goal had been awarded and agreed with it. Yeah. So check over um, that they got a red card, potentially wrong as well. Where do we stand here? Listen, is this just human error once again, as it is with referees, or is it the technology? Because to me, the technology, generally speaking, gets it right. And VAR isn't going anywhere, right? That's the thing. I, I don't like VAR personally. I wish it wasn't there, but it's not going anywhere. It's not going to disappear. So, so what do we do here? Get better people implementing VAR? What is the solution? Is there a solution? It's human error with technology. Like, uh, like the technology, like you said, supposed to overcome everything, any mistake that's made out there. But how do they make that mistake? How, like, if they realize after he's allowed it to go, call it back, get in his ear. Say, listen, something's happened here, let's go back. Even if it's a minute later, two minutes later. Because we all complain about the length of VAR. Well, the whole point is getting it right, also. Precisely. I absolutely agree with you. Stop the game and say, hey guys, that was a goal, what are you doing? Yeah. We, and just FYI, we did a poll yesterday, social media manager was busy, Sharps. I don't, I don't know who that I, is. I don't know. <laughs> uh, and the question was, if Wonger could go back in time and assassinate the concept of VAR, should he? <laughs> and right now, it's a yay is 45, uh, 46%, the nay is 54. So, <laughs> I mean, you, we've always had discussions about this, and Craig loved it when it first came out, I remember. Sharms wasn't on board, and Dickio, who was part of our crew, hated it at one point. Where does it land for you now, Jimmy? Where, like, I like it, but I, I just like it in the box. In the box for goals or, or fouls. That's the only place for me mm. that I like to see it. The rest, let the referees take care of it. But look, this game, there's always going to be errors. There's going to be mistakes, right? And I think before VAR, we, we learned to accept that. Whereas now, the whole game is all about VAR stopping every moment, going back to fouls and like stop, let the game play. But for me, just a penalty box. That's but, the but only it, place it, I would use VAR. In this case, Craig, though, in this case, if that was the case, there was no VAR, it would have been still no goal because the flag went up and it would have been wrong. And we'd be screaming at the linesman this morning and screaming at the referee, not the VAR. So someone's getting screamed at regardless. As a former player, can you stomach 
um, a referee getting something wrong. And then you play for Canada in CONCACAF. You know all about this. Um, it, mm. Can you stomach that more so than, than the technology getting involved and, and confusing and, and clouding the issue? Well, I mean, first and foremost, I don't think there's anything wrong with VAR. It's the people actually operating the system. The, the system works fine if you have people that know what they're doing. I just can't believe the incompetence and how that actually happens and the lack of communication. All game, not just even for the, the goal that was disallowed, all game as far as yellow cards, you know, letting them know maybe that was a soft yellow card. It, it, this is about game management and you need all the help you can get. And they've got all the help. They're all mic'd up. They could talk to each other. I don't get how this is actually missed. And, and, the, and the tragic thing for a club like Liverpool is that we talked about it. It could be enough to win the title. That, that difference, they could have gone on to pick up three points, let alone lose three points. And they ended up working incredibly hard. It was a deflating result for them because they did incredibly well uh, setting up their stall to, to get a, a result with two men down. And we talked about it yesterday in the podcast that it's not always easy breaking down teams with, you know, they're two down, but defensively, they're still in a pretty solid blocks and, and very well organized. And as a team, you know exactly what you got to do. You're not looking to score, maybe catch somebody on a fast break, but you're basically got everybody behind the ball. And it's hard for teams like Spurs when you're in that situation, you think it's an easy three points at that stage. It is not. It's tough to break down teams, even when they're two men down. And in the end, an OG split them apart. But um, yeah, it was a, it was a real tough one to swallow for Liverpool. Really was. There's a hot rumor that uh, VAR could be coming to CPL mm. next season, as yeah. early as next season, Jimmy. Um, will they use the the Premier League method or the MLS method? Because MLS seem to get things. I think I think it's better off in MLS than, than sorry. Than Premier what's League. the difference? What is the difference between the two, Jimmy? Got angry with that, didn't you? <laughs> no, because Very emphatic. Now that no, it's, it's the systems, it's protocols. I, I don't know. Jeez, oh, that's the answer. I'm trying to <laughs> trying to dance around here right now. So you know there is a difference, or there might be a difference. I'm I'm led to believe there's a difference. <laughs> there's different VAR systems out there. There's different VAR systems, no matter what league they. There's different technology. Why is Sharms asking a question that he? Well, that's my job to ask a question. Yeah, but he. How would he know? Because he's the pundit. Oh, okay. He's the expert. He must know everything. <laughs> There's a difference between the Premier League VAR, VAR yeah. and MLS VAR. Yes, there is. And Bundesliga, there's different systems in play. But do they not? Are they not Why are you asking me this? I, the I same can't thing? give you any more information on this. Yeah. The, 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 so the how end can it be result different? should be the same. Yeah. Yeah. But how? I don't understand. Well, I, I believe MLS have got the time. <laughs> The far less time they're wasting on VAR than, for example, the Premier League right now. You're so Please help me. Someone please save me right now. Um, for, for I'm me, drowning here. 20 years. Right. 20 years professional broadcaster. And he asked that question. The, the audience know I'm right. There is it's a difference. Okay. I just don't if, know what the difference is. If the is. audience has the answer for us, please, please hey, tell us. The best way, the best method, like I'm not a fan of it, like yourself. I, I prefer human error. Because you can have a go at the ref then. <laughs> like, uh, that was a fun part of the game for me. Yeah. You, they make a mistake, what the fuck are you doing? Like, like how's that? Like, I'd prefer that. But if you're going off the system, the different types of systems that they've had, the Women's World Cup was a great one. It was great. The accountability of the referee, the transparency <laughs> was amazing because yeah. they had to explain their decision as they stepped back on the field. Yeah. The referees in the Premier League, They've got egos as big as Insignia's. Mm. Like, yeah. it's, there's an issue. <laughs> You've got to hear yeah. what they're saying. I think it's a big part. What is the communication between Stockley Park, in this case, in England, and, and the referee? What is happening there? Get that information out there. Um, I still don't know why they have to actually announce the VAR's name as well when they drop him. That's, that's pretty tough. I mean, this guy is going to be under enormous, enormous pressure next time he, he, he's VAR. Um, but going back to CPL and just, you know, are referees, is it easier to scream at a referee than some faceless you know, booth somewhere. Um, a lot of controversy in the CPL this weekend in, in the Forge game against um, Halifax, or I think Friday. Uh, Bobby Smirniotta said post-match, for five years, everyone has done a fantastic job moving this league forward. This isn't a Forge thing. It's across the entire league. Some things aren't moving forward and it's not good. We can't have these amateur things going on at this level. Carl Becker said uh, these refs are seemingly getting worse and worse. There's always going to be anger, right? There's no perfect system. I just personally prefer, prefer the human element a little bit in, in these cases. It's easier to yell at a referee than it is that, that faceless, yeah. disembodied VAR. Craig? 
I disagree because I, I don't know. I, I played enough clubs that you felt like you're getting screwed over by referees all the time. Oh. And uh, I like that. I, I was a big, I'm a big fan of bar. I just think that it's, it's just how they work it. And it's still evolving in a lot of ways. They had a lot of problems with VAR when it first came really big problems when it came into the Premier League. They were the worst at dealing with it. And then I thought the World Cup, you tried to write about the Women's World Cup and even the Men's World Cup, how they they use VAR, I thought was was very good uh, overall. So it, it can be used well, but they're they're having a bit of a nightmare in England. And this is obviously right under the microscope. What was the worst refereeing decision or experience you ever had as a footballer? Oh, Jesus. And it's got to be in CONCACAF, right? It has to be in CONCACAF. Well, got sent off, remember Belize and Kingston? Oh, I right. came on sub, so I start. We had the two game series. I put, started the first game. That cabbage patch of a field. Oh, it was that. awesome, yeah. yeah. Um, but then I, I yeah. came on second second game. So Frankie's put me on. He's like, "Go on, just put yourself about." First thing I did, ball goes in. Guy taps around the corner. I come in, minimal touch, flops all over the place. Yellow card. Like I've been on like thirty seconds. <laughs> like three minutes later, ball goes up, gets thrown down. Ball comes into me, I turn, the guy's right behind me, we run into each other, yellow card, red card. I'm like, what the fucking hell's going on here? And I walk over to Frank and I'm like, I didn't fucking do anything. (laughs) Like, he's like, here we get, go on. Still, these these conspiracy theories, generally speaking, they're nonsense. There's one around the Spurs-Liverpool match because the, the VAR crew were actually in the UAE last week doing a game. And the conspiracy is that, well, UAE, Man City, they're in there. There was some clandestine meeting, you know, and they, they were told to, to screw over Liverpool, who are a threat to... It's absolute crap. It's nonsense. What's that, the, that's wh- actually what people are talking about. Th- why is the outcome, though? Like, what's the big goal at the end? To, to deprive um, Liverpool, Liverpool of three huge points oh. as they chase Man City in the table. Right. It's nonsense. Okay. But that's actually what's being discussed right now. Because yeah, they should have talked to Wolves then. What's that crap? <laughs> They should have talked to Wolves because Wolves beat Man City. They <laughs> yeah, forget about that. Exactly, right? Exactly. There's also controversy in the Forest game against Brentford as well, right? So th- th- there's stuff, a lot of moving parts, a lot of um, frustrated figures that this weekend. Did you see the, the Nate Ingham, by the way, comments post-match yesterday uh, after the CPL match? Ledeco lost, lost a huge match. You were doing the call, Jimmy, against uh, York. A massive, massive game. And his comments w- w- were scathing of his team. I found it so refreshing. Um, it's great for us in the media. Um, he's a leader in that team, Jimmy. You know Nate really, really well. Um, did he go too far? Or is that going to really motivate his team who really have to will? They have well, to win and hope yeah, for you, help next weekend. You hope, you hope it's going to mo- motivate his team. He was just being brutally honest of how he felt. Emotions were running high because it was a, a match that they wanted to win because they lost. It, it dropped them out of playoffs. Um, but with, with Nate Ingham, he, he, is, he is the captain. He is the leader. And when he was speaking, it's, it's all about we. We need this. We yeah. need that. Which is, I don't have a problem with it. One thing you don't do as a captain is start pinpointing your players out in public. You leave that for the dressing room. When someone's like individually, away, I mean. Individually. Okay. Right? Mm. And the reason why you're in that role is because you've got the respect of the dressing room and the players value you. Inside that dressing room, if I'm going to dig out Hume or dig out Forrest, yeah, that's behind closed doors because you're not pulling your weight. And you might tell me I'm not pulling my weight, but it, it stays here. But when we go out into public, we're together as a team. Nate Ingham's talking about overall wasn't good, good enough. And he's calling everybody out. Mm-hmm. So I don't have an, an issue with an individual that does that. Well, I'm not the captain. But I would have to say that was a horrible question, Charms. <laughs> <laughs> for, for us. For for us. us. But, you know, going back to, uh, you know, the referees in the CPL, and I know, I know Kyle Becker and Bobby were fuming, which is understandable. You know, I've been in that position as well where I'm absolutely fuming with, with the refereeing at, at times. You know, I think when they take a step back and they look at the big picture, you know, you're talking about a league that's only five years old right now. There's mm. professionals that are just making their debut, just mm. starting to figure out what it means to be a professional. On that pitch, are making mistakes all the time. There's coaching staffs that this is their first time being a head coach, first time being a professional assistant coach. Their behavior sometimes and the conduct on the bench isn't where it should be as a professional coach, but they're going to learn and they're going to evolve as a coach. The players are going to learn, they're going to evolve. And there's no difference with the referees as well. A lot of these referees are first-time professional referees who are now running games, and they're going to make mistakes. 
they're going to make mistakes. And we've got to be able to adjust with that. Now, it's not like we're talking about you know, the Premier League or different leagues around the world where they've got uh, leagues that have been around for hundreds of years that you know, these, these coaches, staffs, and these players are, are all in through academies coming into this professional environment. And they've got the experience. We don't. We're developing experience right now. And I think sometimes we've, we've got to recognize that and understand that. But you still understand the frustration, you know, massive, 100%, massive points on, on offer here, right? Yes. In, in a tightly fought playoff, you know, tussle there. Um, yes. Wonga, shall we, shall we lighten the mood here a little bit? Yes, there's and, been a lot of uh, acrimony. It's time to put the jacket on. And laughters, it? and laughter. I really la- laughed a lot at that question about I know, yeah, the difference I, in VAR between MLS That's great. <laughs> JC, um, it's time for some, some Right or Wong. Oh, it's time to play sports media's favorite game show, Right or Wong, the game where you will guess the correct answer that Wonger will pose to you, whether it be soccer-related or pop culture. If you get it right, 50 points. If you do not and pass it to the person beside you, 25 points. If you get it wrong on all around, you're all losing. Losers. Uh, let's, uh, let's give it to our fearless host, Mr. Dan Wonger. Thank you, JC. First Welcome. Question, MLS or Premier League? <laughs> what is the difference? What's the difference? <laughs> so, Charms, welcome to uh, FP Presents Writer Wong. First question. Question one. Freddie Mercury is one of your favorite singers. Not one of them. Is your favorite singer. Mm. And Queen one of your favorite bands? Not one of them. Your favorite band. What song topped the UK charts 42 years ago this month? 42 years ago? Yep. When's that? 1981? There you go. Now? Under Pressure. Yes. And who is the singer with them? Bowie. There you go. That's two, two correct answers. 50 points for James. Huh? Well Not bad, huh? Jimmy, we've been talking about this topic. What season was Far first introduced in the Prem? <laughs> yeah, Jimmy, when was it? <laughs> 2019. 2019, 2020. Thank you. It, it had been trialed in the FA Cup and the Carabao Cup, but implemented in 2019, 2020. Wow. It's been smooth sailing since. Ever since. Craiger? Oh, no. Who was TFC's captain? After our main man, Jimmy Brennan. Oh, that's a good question. Mm. Oh, Stevie Wonder. (laughs) 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 Who was captain? Let me see. After Jimmy. It's a long one. It's five five seconds, isn't it? Yeah, that's a long one. Come on, guess. uh, Danny Dicchio. Nope. Hume. Couldn't even tell you. Uh, Caldwell. Nope. D-Row. D-Row is correct. On the fly. 25 points for for Charms. (laughs) Hume, there are two Canadians in the top four of TFC's all-time leading scorers. Name them. De Rosario? Yep. Osorio? You got it. Very well done. Yes. 50 points for you. Round two. That's not bad for somebody who doesn't even... Hates TFC. I know, he hates (laughs) TFC. He despises them. Man United... Uh, Liverpool and Arsenal have won the most Prem titles. What two teams are tied for fourth with nine? Man United, Liverpool and Arsenal. Man United, Liverpool and Arsenal yeah. have won the most Prem titles. That's not true then, because Chelsea's won more than Liverpool. Right? Liverpool's only won one Prem title. Yeah. I told you we got to look after these. I, I know. You're, you see, the, the, the football... football this was invented in 1992. Is this on uh, Wikipedia? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you're thinking international, like you first of top flight titles. Okay. Okay. Right. Top flight titles. Minus 50 points. <laughs> minus 50 points. Um, For the host. What, yes. what two teams are tied okay. with nine titles? Um, I will say Chelsea and I'll say uh, Blackburn Rovers. Oh, that's no, a good no, Did they win like top flight? They won one. They won the first Premier League. 92. No, top flight though. Oh, but this is pre- think recent. We're so confused. Think now. recent. Oh, okay. Well, I'm at this five seconds, so. Think recent. Was Chelsea one? No. He doesn't, he doesn't know the answer now, though. I do, I do, I do, I do, I do, yeah. It's surprising. I know this one. It's surprising? Well, the first, there's two, there's two teams. <laughs> the first one, you're going you're to go, of course, because they're winning everything right now. Yeah. Oh, why don't you just tell them the answer? So, the second one, Man City, and this is the surprising one, because they've been doing so badly lately. Uh, It's five seconds. Sean Deitch. 
<laughs> Everton. Everton. But they, that, that is the most okay, yeah. bad question. question ever. Okay, Jimmy, Everton you're not going to win. We really, what need, comedian, we really need VAR Jimmy, for this game. Jimmy, what comedian <laughs> who had a hit show in the mid-90s is also an owner of the Seattle Sounders? Oh, Drew Carey. Yes, well done. 50 points for Jimmy. Craiger, Kyle Lahren is Canada's men's top goal scorer with 28. Who sits second on the list with 25? Ooh. With all the scoring that's been going on. Mm, John Calif? No, he's in the top. He's in the top five, though. Five seconds. Go ahead, Yumi. Dale Mitchell. You'd stop guessing. Jonathan oh. David. I think. Jonathan David. Twenty-five but, points for you. But so you know, De Rosario's uh, third. Cavallini, Catliff, and Mitchell Mitchell's are all tied. Nineteen. Nineteen. Someone did his homework. Where's Yumi on the list? Sick. He's not. <laughs> not as many as big guy over here. Okay. Here's a movie they should question. Take away the goals that were scored against St. Lucia and Barbuda. Yes, Barbuda. <laughs> exactly. I scored against St. Lucia. Leave my goals alone. Hume, <laughs> oh. in this movie, Dutch American football coach and friend of the show, Thomas Rongen, faces the option of being fired or accepting an almost impossible task to convert the American Samoa national team, considered one of the weakest football teams in the world, into an elite squad, and it premiered at TIFF this September. Name the title of the movie. No chance. First of all, respect TR. We love TR. Uh, is it Next Goal Wins? Next Goal Wins. Yeah. Well done. 25 points for James. That's the last question. Who won, JC? Overtime. Extra, extra time. Where's the trophy? Extra time? Yes, it's okay. a tie. Jimmy okay. and James will battle right. to the death. Okay, Jimmy and James, okay, who James. is the lead actor in this movie? Michael Fassbender. Charms wins. James Charmin is the champion. Hold, hold, on, hold, on, hold on a minute. No, 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 no. There's, there's no VAR here. You, he just won. That was a sudden death. Who is the lead actor in this movie? I'm waiting for you to tell me the movie. We just said it. Next goal wins. You, remember last night when we said, are you paying? When you that. started doing recycling in the middle no. of the podcast? No, 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 I, I thought it was very clear. Jimmy was, was right waiting here. for another title of the movie. I get it. Okay. That's so what you know what? For. Hold on. So in that case, let's do uh, rock, paper, scissors to see who wins. No, I thought I got it right, though. You did. You won. It doesn't count. I thought the question was beautifully presented. It was clear. Might as well do that. No, it's one, two, three. <laughs> you still lost. One, two, three, you still lost. <laughs> he lost twice. We've decided to cut the trophy in two and give half to each of you. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you for playing right or wrong. Hey, uh, never felt so alive. Never felt so alive. All right, JC. Um, it's that, that final segment of the show where things we, we may have missed or not missed. or, or what, what do you have this week? Well, we've got a few things. There were some comments uh, on social media. Also, first of all, uh, sorry again to Aerosmith. We've gone long. We won't be able to fit you in again, Stephen. Mm. Apologies. Uh, wow. Um, so we have Ryan who has messaged us on the X slash Twitter. I feel like Canada is a backseat soccer nation, if that makes any sense. The country potentially gets wild for things but stays low in the off seasons. Doesn't help Canada soccer has ripped any momentum they had qualifying for Men's World Cup by omitting September fixtures. Mm. So let's go back to last week's discussion. Ah, uh, yes. It's got a ton of traction on, uh, on social media. So many thoughts. So let's ask you, Yumi. The, the question was, are, are we a soccer nation here in Canada? Um, there, there was a thought certainly last year with the qualification and the gold medal for the women. Yeah, we're going to be a, a soccer nation now. It's kind of fallen apart since then. W what are your thoughts? You spent a lot of time, of course, in a soccer nation in England and, and India. <laughs> and where else? Thailand? Oh, I never went that far. Um, <laughs> but uh, is it? Are we in, in a soccer nation here? I think we have the capabilities of becoming one. I don't think we are anywhere near it right now. Um, qualifying for the World Cup, obviously the women being as successful as they are, gives us that platform. But until we get the support from outside of the sport, not the fans, like the corporate sponsors helping us financially, helping us bypass the issues that we're having right now, We'll never become one. It's a good point, though. I mean, I mean Craig, you, you, that, that point the, the, the viewer made there, that we do celebrate the big moments, and that's, that's great. Big matches, sure. Mm -hmm. but, but to become a nation is far more than just that. Mm, yeah, we're, we're, a, we're a country of uh, big tournaments, and when we even look at hosting tournaments, we've been a, a massive success. 
the under 19 Women's World Cup in 2002, I believe, when really the, the coming out party for Christine Sinclair. Um, amazing event. I think it blew FIFA away. You know, the under 20 event in 2007 had the Women's World Cup as well and a few other tournaments along the way. We've really put on great events. And that's why we put ourselves in the, in the shop window as far as having a chance for the, at the World Cup in 2026. So from that standpoint, we're really good. But as far as like supporting really football, thick and thin, culturally, local football, we're nowhere near that. That's just doesn't part of our DNA here in this country. And there's also, you know, the pressures of other sports and the popularity of other sports. You're battling against that. And you're also battling against these sports that are actually trying to protect their own interests financially and, and keep football, soccer pushed down uh, because of the threat that it, it poses to uh, many, many sports and, and is going to pose many problems for them as we move along. I see the growth of MLS in the United States and the soccer specific stadiums that we talked about lack of, you know, 20 years ago, remember Columbus had the first soccer specific stadium and now it's a, you know, really a piece of crap really when you look at considering the new stadiums that are coming in are just absolutely top notch. They've built that culture up and MLS is in a really, really good position. So there's a lot of positives going on as far as building to that, but it's baby steps. It certainly isn't big steps uh, and it's, it's painful sometimes, but if you really look at it, we've uh, we've come an awful long way to get to this point. Yeah, don't, forget, long- don't forget MLS almost folded, right? right? Really, really close once upon a time in the uh, oh, yes. late 90s. So uh, it's, it's the journey, yeah. put it that way. JC, what else you got there? Uh, on the same topic, we have a YouTube comment from Stephen McNamara, 8318. Uh, I'm so happy that I grew up in Canada that was not a soccer nation. In soccer nations, soccer sucks all the oxygen out of the room and ruins most other sports. It demands it be a full year sport, making it near impossible for young athletes to do any other sports at all. It also takes place in club levels instead of schools and sees a scramble for talent very early, taking the best kids off the local neighborhood teams year after year, leaving those teams in turmoil and making it apparent it is the business of soccer very early. Mm, that's, I, love, I love cynicism. And that's really cynical, isn't it? That's just juicy. I wonder what, Steve, what sport Steven didn't get to play because of soccer. <laughs> <laughs> does, it, does he make a good point, Jimmy, do you think? Are, are we fortunate in some regards for the greater good of sport in this country? What is he talking about? <laughs> I'm going to guess he was a fencer. Yeah, maybe, there's not a lot of maybe. money for fencing. But, I mean, listen, you, you can allow the game to take over your life. You can allow that. You don't have to. Oh, God. Like, uh, do we take it too seriously as, as parents with, with young kids? Do we take it too seriously? I, I think that, you know, we've professionalized a lot of sports in Canada now. Um, hockey, obviously, but track and field is now. It's one of the first amateur ones that got professionalized because of all the sprinters um, and how well that uh, federation has done. We do it in a lot of sports. It's funny how it falls down in soccer in Canada, and there's no reason for that. It doesn't have to be that. And if you put in teams that are professional, and this is part of the problem we had in the Canadian Soccer Association, we had people who were working for free. We have, what are we doing working for free? You're never gonna get the best work when you have a federation where your president is doing this ad hoc and making it work around his time. So, hey, going to Qatar is a big deal because you're working for free. So let's, if we're gonna professionalize, starts with the association and then getting everyone, as we talked about, buying in to working together as Craig and Jimmy said, because Jimmy was making the point, the, all the provincials, all the provincial leagues don't talk yeah, that's to important. Yeah, of course, it's communication for sure. Yeah. Um, okay, listen, it's, it's a topic that we could talk about for hours and hours and hours. Uh, but like you mentioned, we've got the potential in this for country sure. to be a, a soccer nation, but we're a long way from getting there. Um, Footy Prime is more, by the way, than just, just here on One Soccer once a week. Um, four days a week, you can find our little podcast and all your social 
podcast platforms. Uh, we've got a Sunday night show wrapping the weekend. Mm -hmm. Of course, here Mondays. Wednesday, the foundation show, where things go really off the rails on a regular basis. News and dubs. Kind of like when Humi's on. Pretty much when Humi's <laughs> on. <laughs> very well, let me say that. News and dubs on Friday, when, of course, Amy Walsh joins us. And, and she, she's trying to get in on every show. You know, she's yeah. just... She can't quit us, essentially. It comes down to that. But uh, yeah, please check us out on all your, your platforms. And of course, follow us on X slash Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. We're also thinking about some ticker-tocking. Ticker-tocking, Because yes. we're relevant, because we're young, cool, hip people, aren't we, Jimmy? Finish up. Let's go. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Last question, and I know we <laughs> only have a few seconds. seconds. 20 seconds left. Hume, what jersey do you see? You look back at your career, what jersey do you see? Quickly, what you got 10 you seconds. Um, quick, the one that I enjoy the most at the time was uh, Leicester City, and that's one thing. Love it. Usually it's Craig asking the, uh, the, the great question at the very end of the show. This Leicester time City, we got it's it in. Fully prime. Thank you so much. Back same time, same place in a couple of weeks after Thanksgiving. Follow us on Twitter at footy underscore prime and on Instagram at footy prime IG. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.